Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling. This week, we're going to be talking about transaction attorneys. Now, transaction attorneys are a critical member of the acquisition and disposition team, if you invest with a sponsor passively, like Mara Poling or another sponsor out there, pretty confident they're going to have a transaction attorney on their team. If you are building or have your own portfolio, we would recommend that you have a transaction attorney as well. So why are they so important? Who are they? Where do they come from? What do they do? What are the activities that they're actually involved in? And how much do they cost? We're going to talk about all of those things and how we work with our transaction attorneys to get the most value out of their contributions. That's what we're going to talk about this week. If you have any questions, shoot me an email, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. Don't forget to swing by the Learning Center at marapolling.com. Check out all the great content that we have there. We are going to be launching sometime this week our new webinar series. So you'll be seeing those online and be able to register for them. And we've got some exciting announcements we'll be making in the next couple of weeks about some new content coming on the acquisition front. Okay, with that, let's go ahead and dive in. So a transaction attorney. Let's back up a level first and just talk about attorneys in general. We use a lot of attorneys for a lot of different reasons. And we don't have a one-size-fits-all, jack-of-all-trades attorney that we use. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't attorneys out there capable of doing all the different things that need to be done when you own property. And again, if you have your own portfolio, you might have a relationship with an attorney that does more than one thing for you. We have a whole host of folks that we work with. We have transaction attorneys. We also have litigation attorneys, contract attorneys. So these are folks that help us with service contracts and other relationships we might have. And unfortunately, on occasion, get involved in litigation. We have property tax attorneys. These are the attorneys that work with us when we are either um, in court with or negotiating with a local assessor on an assessment of one of our properties. We have regulatory attorneys, attorneys that help us when we're preparing an investment opportunity and that also keep us in compliance with SEC regulations, federal laws, state laws, and so on. So a lot of different folks running around that help us do what we do. Transaction attorneys, and we have a couple different firms that we work with. Transaction attorneys are really critical to the acquisition and disposition process. Let me start with where they come from. Well, these folks are experts in the real estate community. When you're looking for a transaction attorney, just as we were when we come to a new market, we engage the community and ask them, who are the best folks? 
Now, we had some relationships in place because we've done work in the markets that we're in for a very long time, and we knew who these people were. But if you were starting out, that's a recommendation I would have. Talk to brokers, talk to lenders, talk to other folks about, hey, who's really good and knows what they're doing? And then when you chat with them, you're really looking for someone that this is what they do. As I said, you might, if you're building your own portfolio, you might look for an attorney that could do a multiple of things for you. The best transaction attorneys, that's what they do. And at any given point in time, they're going to have maybe a couple dozen or more activities that they're working on. A transaction attorney is a really critical part of the team. And I mentioned that we have two that we work with. Now, we don't have two because we really like one and the other one's kind of a backup. We have two because transaction attorneys have an obligation to their client. And there are instances when we will purchase an asset, we'll make an offer on a property, and we come to find out that one of our transaction attorneys actually represents the seller. They can't represent us as well. Or conversely, if uh, someone comes to us and makes an offer to buy our property, uh, an off-market, unsolicited offer, and we accept, and they have an attorney relationship already, then we would need to work with, again, the other member of our transaction team. But generally speaking, all the work we do is with these two individuals. So what are the things that they do, and, and why is all of that so important? Well, let's just walk through the process. And again, this is for an acquisition, but a disposition would generally look the same with a couple minor differences. So the first is the purchase and sale agreement. Now, that's a draft document that typically comes from the seller. We have had sellers that will ask us to prepare that document. Generally speaking, whoever prepares the document starts off by preparing that agreement with a number of items that are more favorable to that party. So if it's prepared by the seller, there's some items in there that lean in their direction. If we get the opportunity to prepare it, we'll use one that's a little more favorable to us. And then there's some back and forth that goes on. And the transaction attorney is the person that leads that. Now, they're leading that in a couple of different ways. One of the things they're doing is they're making sure that the legal elements of the contract are correct, that the contract itself doesn't have any issues that are going to come up later, that it covers all the items that need to be covered so that we can be confident we're going to have a successful acquisition. And they're going to work with us on the business terms. Now, they won't set those business terms. And that's something to keep an eye out for when you're working with a transaction attorney. You want one that's going to engage with you on the seller is asking for X. Maybe they're asking for a 15-day due diligence period. 
And our original offer was 30 days. And maybe they even agreed to that in the letter of intent, which, by the way, letters of intent are not binding. So they're really kind of a starting point. Ideally, there's no divergence from those terms. That's not always the case. Well, the transaction attorney isn't going to negotiate that, but we will communicate to the seller through them that, no, you agreed in the LOI to 30 days and that's what it needs to be. So they do get involved in business terms from a communication standpoint, and we utilize them as a resource. We'll ask if the seller is asking for something that we think is out of the norm, we'll ask the question, what do you think? Again, they have visibility to a lot of other transactions and can give us a sense of where the market is today and if that term that we're asking for is being granted for the most part or if it's really rare right now. And these might be things around various contingencies or other items that are built into the contract. On occasion, PSAs have to be amended. Something happens during the due diligence process or during the financing, and there's a need to extend the close date or to uh, potentially change the business terms, the purchase price in particular. Now, those items are negotiated typically through the sales channel, right, through the broker Ultimately, though, they need to be integrated into an amendment, and the transaction attorneys do that work for us as well. One of the things that I really rely on the transaction attorneys for, as well as the other members of my team that sign on the loan docs, is the transaction attorney's review of the loan documents, and they are voluminous and can be very challenging to sort through. The good news is, again, a good transaction attorney, and we are so grateful to have the teams that we work with, will be familiar with these lenders because they're doing a lot of work with them. They'll be familiar with these documents and can be pretty efficient in terms of how they review them and calling out to us issues that the lender may be raising. And those could range from uh, covenants and restrictions that we have to contend with over time. It could be around some of the uh, reserves that'll be required and repairs and other items that need to be addressed up front. And then there's just all the nitty gritty legal boilerplate and unique language that's in each and every one of these agreements. At the same time, they're going through the loan docs, they're also going through all the documents that come from title, right? So the title report, any issues that are raised in the title report and how those are ultimately going to get resolved, the actual documents to affect the acquisition, so the deed and all the other pieces that go with it. Uh, it does vary from transaction to transaction, a lot of it driven by the lender. It is not uncommon that we'll have 10, 15, 20 or more documents that need to be executed as part of the acquisition. And each of those may have one, 
five, 10 signatures or more required from one or more parties in order to affect the completion of that particular document. So the transaction attorney is extremely helpful in terms of working with us so that we can get that package together, fully reviewed, with questions answered for all of us that will be signing, as well as for any issues that we identify along the way, and have that together in time so that we can get the signatures we need to get in whatever manner that is, and signatures take many different forms. There are digital signatures, there's ink signatures that are uh, electronically transmitted, and then there are ink signatures that are physically sent, uh, meaning originals, and then there's notarized uh, signatures. And that entire package and coordinating all that is done by one of our folks on our side, as well as the transaction attorney, working very closely with that. So that when we get to the close, we know that we are ready. The last thing in the world you wanna have happened and we have had this occur with sellers that didn't have transaction attorneys that were on top of it as much as ours. You don't wanna get to a day or two before close and then suddenly have someone say, where's X? And now that X doesn't exist, somebody's gotta go address that and fix it and it might take days or weeks or a month or more, as we have experienced on occasion, in which that needs to get addressed. Now, we've never had that happen on our side of the deal, but it has happened on the other side. And that is uh, very disconcerting uh, in terms of throwing off the rhythm of a transaction. The final piece is, um, well, actually I shouldn't say the final piece, one more item before I get to the final piece, is the entity work. Uh, single purpose entities uh, being formed for these acquisitions and formed in such a way that they comply with what the lender's requirements are, which if you've got a good transaction attorney, they know what those are. And so they can prepare those operating agreements in advance to comply with those requirements. They still get reviewed by the lender and maybe get tweaked a little bit, but that's an important part again of what they do so that the entire package comes together. And then the final piece is what I affectionately refer to as all the stuff. And that is, there's just a lot of other stuff that happens that comes up along the way. Questions from lenders, questions we might have, uh, uh, discoveries that we will make throughout the due diligence process that we then need to explore what our options are. And they're very much a part of that process in terms of how we can address those. Now, as I said, that's for an acquisition. A disposition is very, very similar. There's a couple of things that are different. One is it's not loan document review for purposes of uh, execution of a new loan, but it, there is a review to make sure that we understand what requirements we have in terms of the exit, any fees that we might owe and those things, they're going to be helpful in that regard, uh, working with a title to make sure that any issues that have uh, arisen get adequately addressed. 
dealing with any entity issues that might come up. This would be around searches and other sorts of things about the existing entities. Uh, we manage those entities on a going forward basis. Uh, the transaction attorneys want to make sure that we are ready for the sale and that our entities are uh, uh, valid and current and have current registrations and operating certificates and so on. And again, all the stuff that kind of goes along with that. Could you do that work yourself? Well, let me talk about us first, about Mara Polling or any other sponsor. Uh, certainly you could. If you were a large enough organization, you could have an attorney do the work I just described on staff. And I'm sure some of the very largest of organizations probably have teams that look like that. If you're a little smaller, uh, and what I would describe as maybe more reasonably sized, you're probably working with an outside firm. Are there activities that transaction attorneys do that could be done by someone that's not an attorney? Yes, that's true. Uh, you could have a uh, internal team that manages acquisitions and dispositions that does an awful lot of what goes on. You don't necessarily have to be an attorney to, for example, uh, uh, file a registration with a state or get an EIN or other sorts of things. And some of that work we actually do do in-house. I wouldn't feel comfortable having a non-attorney review some of the documents that I just described or put some of those uh, together. Uh, there's a lot of risk that's taken on, and we'll talk here in a moment about the value proposition. I think it's absolutely worth its weight in gold having a transaction attorney uh, do this particular work. So I think that makes a lot of sense for someone that does the work that we do. What about those of you that are building your own portfolios or maybe just thinking about getting in and you're, you're going to go buy a piece of property? Well, I absolutely would recommend that you have an attorney that you're working with and one that is experienced in real estate and that can review the same sorts of documents. You're going to have a purchase contract. You're going to have loan documents. You're going to have title reports. Uh, you're going to have uh, potential entity issues if you're creating entities or if you're being required to create an entity to do this. And there'll be a bunch of other stuff that comes up. The difference might be that as opposed to a dedicated transaction attorney, you might find someone that real estate is a portion of their uh, portfolio that they manage. You also might find a firm that you would work with where you know, maybe they have estate attorneys on uh, uh, file. Maybe they have uh, uh, litigation attorneys, contract attorneys, and maybe they have real estate attorneys. And you can tap into any one of those when you need them. That's sounding like a fairly large firm, and I expect the meter is going to run pretty heavy on those, meaning it could get expensive. But absolutely, just as we recommend that everyone have a tax advisor, a CPA, ideally that is doing your taxes, not just providing advice, but if you insist on doing your own taxes, have someone to give you advice, that you have a risk management person you can work with, right? So an insurance professional that's helping you navigate that piece of the world that's out there, and that you have an appropriate uh, set of legal uh, resources to support you, transaction in particular, as we're discussing today. Uh, 
So what's all that cost? Well, they don't work for free, obviously. And at the same time, they're not all that expensive. And one of the ways I know that is uh, when we purchase a property, I mentioned the loan documents, right? Well, our transaction attorney is working with the lender's attorneys. And we get the wonderful opportunity of paying their bill. So we pay for the lender's attorneys. And in a typical acquisition, the lender's attorneys might cost $25,000 or $40,000 or maybe even $50,000. I'd say that's a reasonable range for the kind of work that we do. Uh, our transaction attorneys are less than that. So we are spending less money than we are on the legal costs of the lender. And keep in mind, our attorney is doing all of the work that I described, not just the work around the loan and those items that are related to the, uh, to the loan. So from that standpoint, I think they're a great value. Would, would we love to pay less? Sure, you'd like to pay less for everything that's out there. If I was trying to find a place in our acquisition process to improve efficiencies, this would probably be one of the last places I would look. Uh, there's absolutely big bang for the buck with transaction attorneys. I would look to find efficiencies elsewhere before I start poking around and attempting to spend less money here. The reason for that, a very simple error that gets by you can easily cost 10, 100, 1,000 times what the legal bill is from a good transaction attorney. You just don't want to have that risk exposure. So transaction attorneys, really important part of the team that's out there. One of those things and part of what we try and do here uh, on a weekly basis is uh, peek behind the curtain so that as a passive investor, you can get a better understanding of what we and I'm sure other sponsors do to make all this work, not just happen, but to do it in a way that protects you and all the other investors that are participating in these investments. And again, for those of you that are building your own portfolios, uh, just another thought for you to look at in terms of how you are doing your work and the kind of support that you have. I hope you found this valuable. Again, if you have questions, pat at marapoling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com. And please join us next week for another episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Mara Poling. Mm -hmm.